Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we explore some of the factors that could be driving India's snowball effect. India is going to be the fastest growing major economy in the world this year. We are a bright spot in a world that's struggling to deal with inflation and faltering growth. And Borge Brande, the president of the World Economic Forum or WEF, thinks it will only get better. A couple of days ago, he likened India's growth trajectory to the snowball effect. What's that, you ask? Okay, it's not an obscure economic theory, but it's an analogy that can be pretty much applied to everything. Imagine a snowball that's rolling down a big slope. It might start off as a small snowball, but it keeps picking up more snow along the way and it gets bigger and bigger. It has momentum on its side and it grows exponentially. Now imagine this happening to an economy. As the production of goods and services, investments and disposable incomes rise, the economy grows and gathers momentum. There's no stopping this snowball. And it's not just Brande who thinks this is India's time to shine. McKinsey CEO Bob Sternfels believes it's not just India's decade but India's century. Morgan Stanley estimates we'll become the third largest economy by 2027. So what, according to everyone, is driving the snowball effect in India, you ask? For starters, there's the population. Nearly 70% of the population falls in the working age group of 15 to 64 years. And the outcome of that is that there will be fewer dependent people in a country as a proportion of this work age population. That also means that we'll have a larger part of the population who can spend and drive consumption growth in the economy. Also, with the proliferation of nuclear families and then the children of these families migrating to big cities for work, it could spur urban consumption. You could see demand for housing and vehicles increase too. Then, there's the government's focus on spending money on infrastructure. As Chris Wood, who writes the greed and fear note for Jeffries, said last month, One obvious point here is the transformation of physical infrastructure, where the fiscal deficit has in recent years been primarily spent on investing in infrastructure and not on entitlements. The result is that the huge deficiencies in infrastructure so visible when greed and fear first visited the country on a business trip back in 1996 have now been largely addressed. Of course, that's anecdotal evidence. But the hard numbers speak for themselves. We're actually spending more on things that can have a multiplier effect by generating more jobs. We used to spend just 0.3% of our GDP on roads and railways, and that's now up to 1.5%. That's a figure that the economist called eye-watering because it's around two times what America and most of Europe are spending. The result is projects like the dedicated freight roll corridors, which, for instance, can cut the time taken for transporting goods from Delhi to Mumbai by 50%. But it's not just building infrastructure for the sake of it. You see, quite often, you might have noticed a new road being laid, and then you would see roads being dug up to lay pipelines a few weeks later. And a few months after that, you will see a few folks digging it up again, maybe to lay telecom cables. That's certainly a waste of resources. Now, That's just an example at the micro level, but similar things can happen in the process of building large-scale infrastructure too. And the government has launched programs such as the Gatti Shakti mission to reduce such inefficiencies. Try and get different departments to coordinate with each other so that capital is resourcefully used. In fact, 102 critical projects under the Gatti Shakti master plan worth nearly $8 billion are to be completed by 2024. 
and in the midst of all of this the socialist roots are being catered to as well not by extensive reliance on subsidies which investors always placed a red flag on but by improving the distribution of welfare subsidies you see back in 2012 the finance minister pranab mukherjee had said quote i lose my sleep not when i look at the volume of quantum of subsidy but because it is not reaching to the poor and needy and the targeted group unquote Well, it's a much better situation now because the leakages are being plugged with the help of the Aadhaar card and the direct benefit transfer. Together, this identifies the beneficiaries and deposits the money directly into their bank accounts. And apparently, we have saved 27 billion US dollars by preventing leaks in the system this way. This can help uplift those who need the subsidies the most, and they could even contribute further to India's consumption story. And what do you think happens when companies see all this change taking place? They ramp up their investments too. Slowly but surely they start announcing and building new projects. Com- For instance, the new project announcements from private companies have jumped from 5 lakh crore rupees in FY21 to a massive 26 lakh crore rupees in FY23. Foreign companies like Apple decide to set up manufacturing units here instead of in China. That's the snowball effect kicking in. Now remember, This isn't a comprehensive list of everything that contributes to the snowball effect but just some of the more visible ones there are other things such as how the electrification of 600000 villages in india and the increase in broadband connections from 61 million to 816 million will give a boost to productivity too but we'll stop here for now and this brings us to the final question what about the hurdles in this plan Well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. A young population is not a guarantee for rising consumption. For that, we need to generate high-quality jobs too, and that has been something of a struggle for the country. The ILO or the International Labour Organization says that the unemployment rate for those with either a bachelor's degree or higher is a staggering 15% in India. And even though we are spending on infrastructure, we might need more, a whole lot more. In fact, the government thinks we need to splurge at least 1.5 trillion US dollars in the next decade. But the problem is that all that money might just be able to make up deficits or whatever we failed to build and upgrade in the past. It may not necessarily drive big growth. There's also the matter that despite everyone talking about this being India's moment, foreign direct investments or FDI have dropped by nearly 22% in FY23 compared to the previous year. and even though private investments from companies are being announced we need to see how it translates into ground reality the government also doesn't think it's enough they've asked companies to pull up their socks multiple times in the past and finally our growth is driven by domestic consumption and that trend cannot go on forever since a large part of the economy is still heavily dependent on agriculture for jobs climate change and issues like heat and water stress could dampen rural incomes which in turn will affect domestic consumption so while we have a lot going for us there are some battles we need to fight let's keep our fingers crossed thank you for listening to today's episode finchots daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as spotify apple podcast and google podcast So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.